We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Hi, I'm Britt, the creator and founder of PNTY, granola bars that say please and thank you. I started this company to remind people the power of manners and respect. Even when we don't agree with someone or care for them, we can still show them respect. And through that respect, we can strengthen our community. We love your granola and bars, and their names are so cute. The Golden Rule, Pardon Me, You're Welcome, Sharing is Caring. We're curious why you decided to share this message with granola bars specifically. It's a fun, easy, daily way to share an important message. My products are especially crafted in a way to be inherently good for you pantry-friendly ingredients, well-balanced, and packaged in an earth-friendly way. It's full circle. Take care of yourself. Be mindful of your community. Think about your earth. They are simply a daily reminder of that. Love that. Your Yes Please granola has officially made me a breakfast person. It's hands down the best granola I've ever had. I pair it with Greek yogurt, berries, and chia, And I look forward to it every morning with my coffee. I love that it's gut-friendly, being gluten-free, and has a dairy-free option too. Britt, where can our listeners find your delicious granola and what kind of deal can you give them? You can find me on Instagram at ptygranolaco and order from my shop page www.ptygranolacompany.com. Ivy Unleashed listeners can use this promo code GOLDIVY at checkout for a 10% discount. Amazing. Thank you, Britt. Nice use of manners, Brooke. Thank you. (laughs) I truly treasure new connections, and I'm so excited when I get to make granola bars and I'm able to share a snack food that I believe wholeheartedly in. So grab my granola bars and granola whenever you want, but make sure to use your manners. Please and thank you. Ooh, welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. You guys are not going to believe what we have in store for you. Oh my gosh, Tansy. Turn Up with Tansy joined us, and this episode is incredible as we are celebrating our 100th episode of Ivy Unleashed. Woo-woo-woo! Thank you so much for being a part of this, supporting our show. This is our gift to you. <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you get Tansy. Oh my gosh. And you know, we talk about how sometimes you, you meet people that you idolize and then it's a disappointment. No, that this? was no, not the case with this one. Oh my gosh, you guys, we went in so many different directions. We talk confidence. We talk imposter syndrome. We talk about leveling up. We talk about completely leaving where you're at and going a whole new way. Yes. And not only that, but like the struggle throughout the process, you look at Chancey, you don't think she's been through anything. She's been through a lot. Mm -hmm. She's the epitome of following and chasing your dreams. Even if it's ugly, even if it's messy, even if people boo you, even if people don't believe in you, even if you think that, you know, you might not be that unique. Like she didn't listen to any of that. And she followed her dreams into what it is today. And we got to talk to her about it. It is such an incredible story. We're starting from the beginning to where she is now. So buckle up, get ready. If you love this episode, we know you will. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. It means the world and it makes such a difference. And share it with a friend because everyone needs to hear Tansy's message to know that we all have insecurities, to know that we doubt ourselves sometimes. And to raise your vibe. Mm-hmm. Her energy is incredible and energy is contagious. So if you need some energy, if someone around you could use a little pick-me-up, this is what they and you need. And now to the 100th episode of Ivy Unleashed. Enjoy. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. You are in for a treat. The energy we have today is going to be unmatched because of who we have the pleasure of speaking with. We're talking about the bossy baddie, CEO of Turn Up Dance Fitness, who only needs to be introduced by one name, Tansy. Tansy! Yay! 
Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. If you guys could see these cuties right now, like (laughs) your smiles and I just feel very honored and happy to be here. Awesome. Well, and if anybody listening doesn't know Tansy, well, if you follow us, you do because we post her a lot because well, Brooke and I feel like if we could say Tansy brings one thing to us, it's energy. Like when you're like groggy and you like need to pick me up, Tansy is the answer. <laughs> if you just go through her TikToks or her reels, it is showing you like a female that owns her body, sensuality. She's fit, she's strong, and she not only shows that through dance, but then you also have a podcast with your sister where you talk about real life struggles and how you got through tough times. So many things that we look up to and what we're trying to do as well. And so we are, and we're going to say it a million times, are so grateful for your time with all that you're doing. We're so happy that you're here. I am so happy to be here. I think that like it takes one to know one, like you guys are doing that for other people. And you see that in me because you are that. So thank you so much. Oh, beautiful. We're just banga <laughs> girling over here. So I know you all are thinking, okay, let's follow her quick. So take out your phone and go to social oh, media, God. Instagram, TikTok, TikTok at turn up with Tansy. And you'll know what we're talking about mm-hmm. or tune into the YouTube mm-hmm. to get this energy. But for people who don't know you, Tansy, let's start from the beginning because you have quite the story, quite the journey Take us back to younger you. Were you always this fiery, confident, fun? What was your childhood like? So I think I've definitely always been like the hardest worker in the room. Like I think that I I can say that with confidence. Like I just have always been that, but I haven't always been this confident at all (laughs) by any means. I think I think I actually played the role of being a hard worker and then allowed other people to take on the things that I really wanted, but also felt like I was unworthy of them. So even like playing basketball, so I played basketball growing up. Like that's all I cared about. I say this all the time. Basketball and boys was like, that was it. That's all I cared about. And I was the hardest worker on that court. Like I was the one diving for balls, getting my knees scratched up, like setting the best screens for my teammates, but I also didn't have the confidence to be the one scoring the ball when the ball was in my hands. Like I let other people do that job because I, I don't, I, I just felt like uncomfortable in having that spotlight. I think, I don't know. I I just, there's a comfort in giving someone else that opportunity rather than me being that person. And I, I like that about myself, but also there had to come a point in my life where I was like, give me the ball and watch what I do with it type of thing. And I had to develop that in myself and recognize that it was kind of, I was sleeping on myself by not recognizing that I could be that, that person that's assisting my team and doing their best while still being the version of myself that takes risks on taking my own shots, like taking taking shots. I mean, in metaphorically speaking and on the court. So, uh, basketball, I really think is what raised me, uh, and, and made me the person I am today. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. Like I played college basketball. And when that ended, I was like, what now? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to do anything else, but I had to graduate college at some point, took me a few extra few extra semesters, but I figured it out. And then I became a school teacher because that's the only way that I knew that I could keep basketball in my life. So I was like, I just, that's all I know. That's all I want. And so I became a school teacher so that I could still coach basketball. And it was a great chapter of my life. I think what happens is that's all I knew. Like my brain had not been exposed to the other ways of which I could keep that same drive and energy and competition and all the things that I did on the court. Like there are so many ways that you can pursue what you love that we don't even realize, like opening my mind to what's possible rather than just, well, you can either do, you know, sales, be a school teacher or go to school for this, like thinking outside the box 
is eventually what I was exposed to and started thinking bigger and differently. And um, I remember I would teach school all day. I would come, I would coach my practices or games, get home super late, make dinner for my now ex-husband. And that at some point, I mean, I wouldn't always make dinner. Let's just put that up. (laughs) That was not an always thing, but I definitely made dinner a lot more back then. But, (laughs) and then I would work on my business. Like when everyone else would like chill or watch TV or go even go party on the weekends, I was like obsessed with learning how to build a business and do that. And I did that for a few years before I eventually developed the strength through, I think, pursuing that through learning and really recognizing that I had all the resources available to me to do it. It was just taking advantage of those resources and believing in myself again and and shooting the shots that I eventually developed the strength to recognize that I was I was doing things that I was good at as a teacher and a coach, but I wasn't living to the fullest. Like I wasn't, I was staying safe in, in, in a job with a salary and what I knew I could have a safe career in and just, you know, settle down into and develop, you know, earn my what a pension or whatever it is. <laughs> and I, there's just, there was just something inside of me that was like, you, you're supposed to be something, do something more. And that would not go away like that feeling. And I think I have always had that, like, I've always loved performing. I've always loved making, like really making an impact and all those things. And I'm talking a lot, but I think that's the gist is I just followed my heart really all the time. Like, my heart was in basketball. I followed that. My heart was in seeing what else was out there. I followed that. Like I just, that's how I got here is following my heart and, and chasing it with tenacity and passion of which I appreciate you guys seeing in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think a big part of that, that, you know, you see the success of that, right. And you have these success stories, but a lot of people don't talk about some of the sacrifices you have to make along the way, right? You lose relationships, you have to move, you have, and not just like romantic relationships, but friendships. When you start to own and get more confident and take risks, people are like, who do you think you are? You know, and so it's Mm -hmm. risky in a lot of ways to start to listen to that because it changes everything. And so I'm curious for you, as you started to listen to that, what sacrifices, like what mess started to happen as you started to own your, as you say, ish? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's what we all try to avoid, right? Is like, I, when I think about the basketball player that I was, I didn't want to be the one that created that conflict of like, no, I want to score the ball or like, I want to be the, the MVP. Like I want to be the one that get, has the ball in their hand when we, need to win the game or whatever it is. Like I was afraid of being that so that, and taking it away from someone else or creating a conflict with my teammates that I was like, you could just have it, you know? Whereas when I stopped doing that, (laughs) like you do have messiness and conflict that occurs. And I think I've been really lucky to have people who support me, but I also think I just see it that way. Like I, I only focus on the people that are showing me love and supporting me. But when, when I really do look at it, there's some, there's some hurt there from people that I've lost along the way who were rooting for me when I was nobody. But then when I started to come up, didn't mess with me anymore. Vulnerable story alert. This message is for any person struggling with the embarrassment of body hair and or underarm odor. I've never shared this before, so bear with me. I am a hairy person. I was teased as a kid because of my dark, hairy legs. I've always had to manage a dark upper lip or mustache as a female, and I've had to shave my armpits every single day since I was a teenager. 
I'm also a big sweater. I swear I sweat when I think. And recently, one of my armpits started to smell like onions anytime it sweat. See, I told you this is a very vulnerable message. But I wanted to let you know about a few services I found that have changed my life. The first is for my Minnesota peeps. If you're in Minnesota and you are interested in laser hair removal, laser skin rejuvenation, aesthetic procedures, or incredible skincare products, Envy Skin Clinic in Maple Grove and Eden Prairie are the places to be. I have basically had them remove hair from every part of my body besides my head. Talk about a vulnerable experience. But I feel so comfortable there and they make it affordable with no interest payment plans. I have saved so much time now that I am not spending hours a week shaving and I am so much more comfortable in a bathing suit, not having to worry about my wild body hair everywhere. It's amazing. The laser technicians are knowledgeable, friendly, and very professional. 10 out of 10, I would recommend giving them a call or stopping in if you live in Minnesota or anywhere drivable. Their website is nvskinclinic.com to learn more about their services. And the other service is MiraDry. It's a treatment for your underarms that greatly reduces sweating. I have had one treatment so far, and I am a new woman. I can officially wear colored shirts without pit stains for the first time in decades, and my armpits no longer smell. MiraDry uses thermal energy that targets and eliminates the sweat glands in your underarm. It is the only FDA-cleared treatment that can dramatically reduce underarm sweat by addressing the root cause of excessive sweat and its accompanying odor, not the symptoms. So if you're like me and you have had to worry about pit stains from your sweat, excessive sweating when you're even resting, or planning your day around sweating, MiraDry is your solution. I absolutely love my MiraDry experience at the Eden Prairie, Minnesota location. You can find a clinic that provides MiraDry all over the U.S., so head to MiraDry.com to see where the closest location is for you. Thank you for letting me share this vulnerable information with you. I am walking proof that these two services are life-changing. Nobody should have to be embarrassed about their bodies, period. And if you want more information, both services will be linked in the show notes, and you can also message me directly to chat more about it. Now back to the show. I, I probably have one, maybe two people who I taught with who still like are following my journey closely because they took it personally. They, they, they took it like, Oh, this isn't enough for you. Like you think that what we're doing is settling and you're going to go do this. And so I think, well, and I don't know, you just, people take what you're doing personally, but you can't focus on that. And I have, there, there's a list of people that I can think of that where it really stings and hurts that like, that I'm not close to them anymore. And I, I miss that. And I wanted to bring them along with me, but it, it's a, it's a them thing. Mm-hmm. And what I recognize is yes, I've, I've lost some, some people, but the, the amount of people I've been able to impact. And I mean, when you pursue your gift, you come into contact with people who celebrate you. Like you guys are like, I got on this call and you guys were like, Oh my gosh, your energy Da, da, da. Like if I didn't pursue what was on my heart, I wouldn't be here sitting with you guys t- speaking on a podcast. Like, yeah, I may have lost some people, but to me, I'm finding people by pursuing my gift. You, you are gifted with people that appreciate all that you're trying to become. And that is worth it to me. We're your, pe- I- we're your people. Like yeah. those aren't your people. If they can't, they can embrace your gift. It's not even a question if it's a gift, you know, it's not even like you take one look at you on a dance floor and what you were doing. Like there's this video I haven't shown my daughter today. I was like, (laughs) watch how she dances. This isn't even part of the dance yet. This is the intro. And then she snaps her body up and then just gets right into the routine. It's like unbelievable. It's so, I have so many questions about that too, about (laughs) dance (laughs) because you are just meant to dance. And, and, sh- and like embody who you are in so many ways, but the dancing piece for Brooke and I, cause we were both dancers, especially Ooh. Brooke, like Brooke is like a real good dancer, but, <laughs> but when it comes to 
you and embodying your gifts through dance. Like, is that something you do all day? Is this like set aside time? Is this like your workout? Like, when are you dancing? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it is crazy because I did not grow up dancing. That was going to be my question. (laughs) How'd you go from basketball to moving your body like that? (laughs) You guys are awesome. This is the best. Thank you so much. I, so I think playing basketball did somewhat set me up to be able to move. Like you have to be, have footwork and agility. And also like we listen to good jams mm-hmm. to get us hype for our games. So I've always been like into the music and we would, you know, when I played in college, we would go out to the clubs and like get after it. But that was like the extent of my training up until I got out of college and I, again, I didn't know who I was. Like I had lost, I had put so much of my identity into the game of basketball that I, I, I was very lost. Like I wasn't like diagnosed depressed, but I, from what I know about what depression is, I believe that there was some of that in me. Like I did not want to get out of bed. Like I would just, I just wanted to sleep. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to shower. Like, and which is so crazy because I, that's not who I am at all, but I had no motivation. I had no direction. And I went to a, I was like, I got to work out. I need to stay in shape. I like to eat like in basketball. They don't teach you to eat healthy. They just like, we eat whatever we want and then go to practice and burn it off. (laughs) So I was like, I got to do something. So it's crazy because my mom was actually an aerobics instructor, but I didn't, it's, like subconsciously affected me. It's not like she put that on me. It's almost like I forgot that she even did that when we were young, but it was in me or something. But I ended up going to a dance fitness class and I literally remember leaving that dance fitness class. They played, what's that Christina Aguilera and Pitbull song? That's like dirty. No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that? Dirty. Yes. Where she's the boxer. That's dirty. Yeah, but that's that's not with Pitbull. It's like <laughs> dancing for the moment or something. Oh, okay. Like yep. In the moment, something like that. Anyways. It's it got like you in not, your moment. It's just not that cool of a song, but it's a, it, that's, I remember that song and being like, wait, you can work out in the beat at the same time. And like, what is this? And I walked away like dancing around the house and being like, oh my gosh, I had found that thing that lit me up the same way that basketball did. And I, again, I'm just, it's just in me. I'm, I want to be the best. I, I'm going to work my ass off at whatever it is that I want. And I'm going to go above and beyond. So I didn't, I don't think I even realized that I was at first putting in work to be a better dancer. I was just doing what I loved. And then as I started to build my own business, I realized that I, you know, I needed to be a pro at what I was doing. And I wouldn't say that I, I, I dance every day. And when I do dance, I am a, you know how like you think of like artists who are creating like paintings and they're like in their room and it's messy and they're like insane and going crazy and like, oh, that's not good enough and da da da. Like that's how I feel like I dance. Like I am a psycho. (laughs) I'm like a psycho perfectionist that will not I will do it a hundred times until I feel like it's okay. And what I realize is by being that way, I've become a better dancer. Like I don't settle for okay, I'm just gonna get it up and say I put a post up today. Like I think that there, there is value in that. Like I need to learn that a little more of like, just doing like getting it up. I think I do that in other things of, of building a business of doing it messy and just getting it out there. But there's an obsession with being better. I'm obsessed with being better at every single piece of what I do. And I think that's how I've all of a sudden become this person that I kind of can move a little better than I used to, you know? So I guess the long winded answer to that is I work really, really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what that reminds me of too, is building confidence. You are 
consistently showing up, whether it takes you a million times to perfect it and then post it, like you're still doing the work that it takes. So I'm curious your take on confidence, how going from being a basketball player to now moving your body like this, how you've cultivated confidence in this process and also in building your own business. Yeah. I think my first answer to that is, so I say this all the time in in training instructors and in my workouts and stuff, like everything that I've done is earned, not given. And I think like I was not a skilled, like super skilled, naturally talented basketball player. Like no one in my family played basketball. I just decided that I loved it and went after it. I, same thing with dance fitness. Like I didn't have training. No one pushed me in that direction. I had to start from the bottom and both of those areas. And I didn't chase after it because it was a trend. I, I don't, I don't do dance because it's TikTok. Like I, I don't do it because I need, I want the applause. I do it because it's like in my freaking soul and I, I just chase what's in there. <laughs> and, um, I think because I've earned every piece of what I am doing, there's a confidence in that. And I think a lot of times we forget that, like we want it to be easier. Like, oh, I just want this to come a little bit easier. And I can relate to that like so much, but everything that's been hard for me has been the reason why I'm confident because I started where it was tough. And I think if you think of anyone with confidence, they've been through some shit, like they've got some shit to them. And I mean, anyone like you don't get, and that's, you don't get confidence by just being there or, and thinking about being great. Like you have to be willing to make mistakes. Like you have to be willing to show up messy. You have to be willing to do it over and over and over again until you get it right. And I think that's what I'm really good at. Like I'm very persistent and if I love it, I'm not going to stop. And I just think doing the hard thing, like dance fitness is a hard industry. Like it is. And I don't even, sometimes I forget that like everyone and their mom wants to start a dance fitness brand and, and name it their own thing. And, and it's competitive and it's judgy. And I mean, dance in itself, I'm sure you know that from being dancers, like, and then building your own business too. Same thing. Like it's cutthroat out here, man. (laughs) So like when you just keep showing up through all that, you, you build confidence and, and that's the, it's so hard to define. It's, Mm -hmm. it's being willing to mess it up. And I, I'm willing to do that because I, I see the bigger picture and how I want to live and how I want to impact and I'm not going to stop at anything to make that happen. So I don't know. I, maybe you guys have a better answer. Well, I think from what you're saying, it's like, not just think with confidence, there's a lot of words to help describe it. And the theme of what you're saying is there's like some integrity behind being aligned with your values and what's calling you and pursuing it. Cause it's your truth. And so it feels honest mm-hmm. and then having the ownership of, I'm messing up, but it's okay because I'm going to keep working on it. And it's yeah. it's messy and it's not cute. I'm going to keep working on it. And I feel like you continually not quitting build even more integrity so that you can be proud of yourself. I keep seeing and thinking trust. Like you're having trust in yourself because you know that you will show up. Mm. And I think a lot of people, they don't have that trust in themselves. They are second guessing themselves And even if you don't know exactly how things will turn out, you know that you'll show up and give it your all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People put so much emphasis on skill, on who you know, on the amount of followers, on things that are outside of themselves that I think come along with being persistent. But like, I think my confidence comes from no one's going to outwork me. And that's within my control. Like that you can't outwork me period. And that is not something that anyone can take away from me. And also I know from experience, and I'm sure you guys know from experience too, from building your own podcast, that there can be a million people doing what you do, but no one can do it like you. 
people can take what you are trying to do and try to emulate it, but it'll never be the way you're doing it and vice versa. And when you are so yourself and you work your butt off, like no one can take that from you. And that's where confidence come from. Confidence is taken from us when we're putting emphasis on things that are outside of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I love the trust thing too. I, I, I would like to add that there, there is doubt in my mind every single day with what I'm doing. There is, I question every, the more I know, the more I question, the more I grow, the more I question, like it was easier back then when I first started, I'm, maybe you guys feel the same way. Like mm-hmm. when I first started building my business, I thought it was tough, but now that I'm scaling and learning and I know more, I actually question a lot more, it, you know, it, you see different things with different perspectives. There's, there's not a day that goes by that I don't doubt myself, the words that I'm saying, the way I'm saying it, the, what, what I'm posting that there, that will never go away. It will actually grow more, (laughs) I think. So a lot of us are waiting for doubt to fade, to take action and be confident when I feel like I'm confident because I overcome my doubt every day. (laughs) So what gets you centered? Like when you are having those really tough days when you're like, what am I doing? I'm, (laughs) I'm nothing. I, yeah. Yesterday was, I felt this high today. I feel this low. Like what gets you back to you? You. Yeah. Mm, That's such a good question. My first answer that comes to my mind is, getting back to like the basics of why I started or what excites me in what I'm doing. Cause it is easy once you get started to get distracted by all the things you have to do that are that are all involved in it. But like creating when I, when I feel lost and what am I doing? I'm like, let me, let me create a bomb workout from start to finish, which has become a very small part of my job. I'm sure you guys feel the same way, like podcasting, this part is the fun part. People think that this is the job and it's like, this is the fun part that we get to do. The work is in everything else and making it happen. And that so nobody it, it, sees it's the yeah. unseen hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's getting back to like creating for me and, and even learning, like I putting myself in a position where I get to show up and be a student is really grounding to me. And then I think connecting with the people that I'm serving, connecting with the people I'm serving will always bring me back to why I'm doing it. And that's really easy and fun for me in the way that I've set up my business is to engage with them. And that always brings me back. And I, I can even say that when I was a teacher, like being a teacher, I remember being like, this is awful. Like, this is not fun. I can't wait till Christmas break and it's only April. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And I remember being like, okay, get really present with the people in your, with the kids in your class and stop worrying about everything else that's happening. Get really present with them and connect with them and the rest will come. And it's like, that always brings me back as like, how can I, connect with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you focus on things outside of yourself, it helps with kind of the anxiety and all of the noise, but it's also a dance between the two. Cause you, you want to connect with others, but you also have to be in the right mind space and headspace to do so. Do you have daily practices like meditating, journaling that really help you reconnect to your authentic self and to kind of listen to what your truth is trying to tell you? Yes, I definitely do. I think my, my workout, my workouts, like that's Mm -hmm. I, my workouts bring me home to myself. Like turn up does that for me. I definitely try to meditate at like the middle of my day is what I've been doing. I need to do a better job at that. But I think I really, I really just have developed the habit of living that way. And As much as I want to get better at meditating and journaling, I think those things are so important. And we preach that in the squad all the time, like 
I think it's a habit to be that way no matter what, like no matter what's going on, no matter if I got my journaling in, no matter if I can meditate, like how can I just come back home to myself and respond as quickly as possible? It's like dancing brings you back into your body. Mm -hmm. That's your way of reconnecting with you. You're really smart. You made a business out of what (laughs) recenters yourself. It's brilliant. And I mean, that's how I feel about our podcast is like, I feel centered in getting to, in these deep conversations with people, we can really reflect on what lessons you're learning about life. We can learn from other people and that, you know, you're thinking about physical and mental health and those types of things. But a big piece too, that I would love for you to talk about is, you know, sometimes getting back to yourself or focusing on your mental health has to do with your circle, who you're around, who your people are. And you talk about being where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And so I'd love for you to talk about that and just how important that's been in your life. Ma'am, I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in building a business and in being an instructor even is there is a space for everyone, no matter what you're doing. Like if everyone in the whole world was doing dance fitness, there would still be space for me with my people because I am doing it my way. And I think I, for a long time, tried to convince people that I was worthy to be a part of what they were doing and show that I could bring something to the table. And when I stopped trying to convince people and instead rose my standard of how I was showing up in my own way, I started to attract my people to me rather than trying to join someone else's thing and fit into what they might need and make them see me. Whereas I think when you're trying, when you're being the best version of yourself, you can't help but be magnetic and be seen in the way that you're actually supposed to be seen and be celebrated. And I think being an instructor will teach you that really quick because I mean, it is, it is metaphorical. Like I make a playlist, for example, I have my first class in Chicago Uh, not tomorrow, but the next day I'm nervous as heck. Like I've been doing this for 12 years and still I am starting all over again to a brand new audience that doesn't know me. They, they don't care where I've been. They don't care about turn up dance fitness. They want what they want and they are giving me their time. So like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, what is everyone else doing in the gym that they're going to? That's like, okay, maybe I should add a little more of this and a little more of this so that it appeals to what they want and what they are used to. And I have to coach myself to be like, don't water yourself down because although you may make them uncomfortable at first, they don't know that they want that discomfort. They don't know that they want that challenge. They don't know that they might want something different. And then that There might be people who don't want that, but then there's going to be that group of people that's like, this is exactly what I've been searching for. I've been doing this over here because it's all that's offered, but this is my heart. And it's like, if I were to reshape myself to be like everybody else, I would miss out on the opportunity to provide what I can bring to the table. And it's tough. Like, it's really tough because it's scary because what if they don't like it? What if, what if they, they're like, this is not it is, that is what it's like. It's not what they're used to. People don't like change. People don't like different. People want to do what they've always done. And somehow you have to find a way to be so yourself and at the same time, sell them on needing this change and and giving them the empowerment to embrace something different. It's, it's a whole thing. When you do that, everything that we've talked about, confidence, persistence, all of that comes an integrity because you're staying true to yourself. Like I would start to dread my classes on Wednesdays. If I had to, if I had to make my playlist, like somebody else every time, like what's the even point anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, I'm speaking about a playlist in class, but to me, that's, if you can think big picture in life, it's the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. 
you're doing what you think you're supposed to do because everyone around you will like it because everyone around you will approve. You're going to drain yourself. You're going to lose your motivation. You're going to feel lost in the end. And why did you even start this? Because you're, you know, you're doing what you think everyone else wants from you. And I do think that in business, there's a balance of giving your people what they want. Like, I think that is important but you got to insert yourself and your passion into that and not water yourself down. Wow. That is so powerful to think about because you're the CEO, right? And you have to, you know, I think it's important for people of power or that have a big presence to admit that like, I still struggle with it. I still second guess myself. I still have tough days, but then also in the midst of you having those moments, like you still got to show up and then coach your people to coach their people, which is, that's gotta be wild. So how do you yeah. manage that as the leader to other instructors to kind of show up when they could be booed off the stage or they could be shut down? Like how, what's that look like? Man, I think doing it myself and walking the walk is really, really important. I think Every little thing that we do and don't do in the turn up squad, I don't think people realize this, but it's on purpose to develop that muscle, to have them flex that muscle. So even if it's like, go learn this TikTok and post it. (laughs) And I don't want, I'm not telling you to go learn this TikTok and post it because I want you to grow your audience. I'm telling you that you're flexing the muscle of worrying about what people think and posting it anyways of working on your dance skills and getting those repetition, that repetition in to make yourself better, but you're flexing the muscle of metaphorically what it takes to, if you can do it here, like you can do it there. And my people know that I love them. And I think because they know that I love them, like I, I pour into them. I could cry. Like I, that's part of the hardest part of like dancing is the easy part. And even though it's hard work, like hard work, like, yeah, that part's hard, but pouring into people, you talk about sacrificing, like to, to give to people in the way that I want to give, like, there's a lot of sacrifices I've had to make and they know that and they appreciate that. And I think when I then come down on them, like, Hey, this isn't enough. Like, Hey, I need, there's more in you. Why aren't, why are you, I don't want to hear you complain about this. Like you're not allowed to use those words ever again in this group. Like when I come down on them, like they know it's with love. And I think a good coach, a good leader is someone who like, they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So they know how much I care. And therefore when, when I, when I get serious, they, they're listening, you know, and vice versa, right back at me. Like I let them call me out on my stuff too. Like I know, I think admitting that I'm not perfect either. And I'm in this, the the goal is to get better. And when you're just constantly getting better, good things come. It's a challenge for instructors too. And it's such a funny thing because there are so many other ways that I could set them up for success. Like I could give them, you know, here's what you have to do after your certification this is the step, this is the step, this is the step. And I'm very mindful of what I give them and what I don't, because I think again, earned, not given, like you need to go earn that to develop that confidence. When you step on that stage to know this is me and this is what I'm here to do. You got to earn it. I can't give it to you. And so it's like, almost like if you have kids, I'm sure you said you have three kids. (laughs) God bless you. You have to you have to let them figure it out on their own. You got to, you got to give them the foundation. Like here's the foundation of how to recover when you fall, how to love yourself through it, how to work your butt off and change your strategy if necessary. But you got to go play the game. Like I got to be here on the sidelines. I can't play it for you. You got to play. And it's like, being a middle school teacher got me really good at at asking a question and hearing silence. And I'm okay. I'm okay with sitting in silence (laughs) and I'll wait. I'll wait. But it's like so many, so often coaches and leaders are not comfortable with discomfort within themselves. Like, so you got, we, 
I tell my instructors, like, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yourself before you expect that out of your class. So how are you doing that? Mm. You know? Yeah. It's just awesome that you lead by example and then you're having them lead by example. And when Brooke and I saw that you were on Shanti's podcast, which was, it was so cool to see you fangirl over Shanti and your episode was so beautiful. Like you got super vulnerable. And so everybody go listen to Shanti's podcast when Tansy's on there. And I love too how he started out like, you're like Madonna. You don't even need a last name. And I was like, she dude. And Brooke and I were like, do we say Spencer? I was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> it's not even relevant. She's just yeah, Tansy. Oh my gosh. gosh. I was dying in that. Ugh, like, that's how we feel right Shanti. now. Yeah. yeah. So so it's a big deal to be on Shanti's podcast, obviously. But what I loved was how vulnerable you got, right? You really did some reflecting and talked about your childhood. And I saw so many like reflections between your dad and his story and him being honest with who he was and then having a supportive circle a lot like you have with your sister and your parents. And so I just love for you to talk a bit about your dad and his courage and kind of how that's played into your life. Yeah. So my parents divorced when I was really young, like five or six. And I, my dad came out as gay and, you know, what's crazy is I don't remember any of that. Like I remember my parents fighting. That's what I remember. Like I remember being really scared and uncomfortable with that. I don't remember it being a big deal that my dad was gay. Like that was never made a big deal. Like that's just my dad pursuing his, his truth. And they both loved each other. They both loved each other, but they loved us more than they were mad at each other in that separation. And I think that goes back to something that is in me is it's always the bigger picture. Like I, my duty, I feel like is to serve and, and love at the highest capacity. So all this little stuff like can't stop me, can't hold me back. But anyways, that's besides the point. I was really mad at my dad for a really long time. And I still think I'm working through that because I was such a daddy's girl and he was my best friend. And I, again, like I'm still working through that. But what I see now as I'm older is like him watching him have the courage, which I can't even imagine how hard that was on both my parents. Like I divorce is tough, but for my mom to hear that he's gay and for him to have to tell my mom that like both of that is so hard. And just the integrity that they both had in the situation and him having the courage to be himself and watching him and being exposed to all of that. Like my dad lived in Chicago actually. And so we would come here every other weekend and hang out with him and his partner and all their gay friends. And it was so fun. And like, I was just exposed to so much so early and I, I told Shanti, like, like I said, like I was a daddy's girl, like my dad was the coolest guy in the world. And so if he was gay, like gay is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and he exposed me that being your, to that being yourself is the only way to be like, it's the only way. And my mom, that is the other part of me that taught me that like, when you do things with love, when you have integrity with loving people with all you've got and being selfless in that love, like that's the only way to live. So I just, I learned so much by the way they responded to each other and loved each other through that and loved us through that. And it was not, it wasn't clean. Like it was messy and whatever, but they, it was the bigger picture. Like a lot of my strength is from watching them both figure out life from that. I'm sure you guys can relate to that too with your stories. Well, it sounds like 
you took the best of both of them into who you are and what you're creating. Like it's beautiful because your dad showed you how to do it. No matter what I could cry. Like he's showing you like, this is not going to be pretty, but I'm going to go after my truth. And then, you know, the way that you pour into your business and your people, like you just had a podcast where you just like secretly had an episode about how much you love your sister. Like it was so sweet. And you pour into your people the way that your mom poured into your family. And so it's so amazing that I'm sure you have weaknesses too, um, but it sounds like you took their strengths and the beauty in that messy situation and you are using it in your life now, which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they taught me that it's all in the way that you respond. Like life, you cannot control life. You have to stay true to yourself and have integrity. Like my mom instilled integrity, like integrity is so drilled into me. Like I can't not, for example, like if I go to the grocery store, I have to put the grocery cart back. (laughs) Like I'm going all the way around. Like if I walk my dad, like if I walk past a penny or like a dime on the ground, I can't walk past it because like it's instilled in me to the littlest of things of showing appreciation for life and of taking care of the little things is integrity. Like integrity is those little things that you could not do so easily that would eat at me that my parents and both instilled in me. So I'm very thankful for that. I think it's what you do when no one's watching, right? How you show up when, like Andrea said, the unseen hours and the work that you're putting into it that no one sees, but they feel it. Your community, there's a reason that you have the following that you have because you are honoring the love you have for yourself and what sets you on fire and then also bringing that out in others. It's it's yeah. more than you. It's service. So let's talk about Turn Up Dance Fitness. What does it look like? No, let's, let's start with where it started mm-hmm. and how it's gotten to the empire that it is now. So take us back to your teaching and you're like, no, 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 no. There's more. I'm going to follow this calling on my heart. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in on Saturday, October 22nd to hear the second part of Tansy's episode where she talks all about how she built Turn Up Dance Fitness from the ground up, how she cultivates confidence, and how Tansy stays inspired to keep building her empire.